0: throughout the Old Testament God is present in several ways to the Hebrew people Uh, to Moses he is in a burning bush and passing by in silence for the Israelites fleeing Egypt he is present as a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night as he leads his people to the promised land at times he's in the thunder on a mountain But as can be imagined, all of these presences are very scary to his people. In fact, at one point, they tell Moses he should go and talk to God rather than them because they don't want to meet God in person. Being in the presence of the creator of the universe is an awesome event, one that tells us we are not the center of the world, nor do we have the power to create one. If we jump ahead then to Jesus' time, especially the Last Supper, we hear his words regarding the advocate, the helper, the spirit, and as several other versions of the Bible also call him a comforter and a counselor. This spirit will be sent after Jesus leaves. He says in John 14, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be with you. Now in the turmoil of the evening of the Last supper, followed by Jesus' arrest in the garden and his crucifixion, I doubt that many of the disciples, if any, really thought much about this promise of Jesus. Days afterward, Jesus has returned in the flesh and has again left his disciples. They are alone. How did they carry on? Didn't Jesus say he would send a helper? Pentecost arrives, the day that we are celebrating today. The word Pentecost comes from the Greek word for the 50th day. It was the Jewish Feast of Weeks, which fell on the 50th day after the Feast of the Passover. You will remember that Jesus was celebrating the Passover on the night of the Last Supper when he was with his disciples. Now, 50 days later, a Jewish festival will be transformed into a Christian one by the events that transpired on that day. What we now celebrate as Pentecost. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Outsiders said that these people were drunk, but Peter said, No, it was only nine in the morning. Instead, he pointed out that the words of the prophet Joel were coming true, I will pour out my spirit upon the flesh. Thus we see the spirit become part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, as he used to call it. We sing of God in three persons, as we did earlier in our opening hymn. We talk about God, we talk about Jesus the Christ as his son, but what about the spirit? How do we talk about the spirit? How do we experience the spirit? Do we even know what that is all about? That's a little of what I would like to explore with you in the next few minutes. If I had to explain what I feel is the spirit in my life, I would talk about inner feelings and urgings that I cannot ignore, feelings that come from I don't know where, but I have to pay attention to them. For example, some of you may remember my talk last year about Kingdom Come, how I had this urge to do something about the lack of resources in this community to feed the hungry, how I not only felt I had to take action, but that also as I began working on this concern, things just started to fall into place. Four church congregations, one of them being Grace, of course, said that they would like to be part of that solution. We needed 30 pledges of $10 each monthly for three years, and we got 40. We decided we would run the food pantry like Jesus would. If you're hungry and need food, then we will feed you. And we've never run out of food and so forth. Because of all of those happenings, I truly believe the spirit was in all of it. It was God's project from the beginning and the spirit within each person that was involved. That made it happen over and over again. For example, volunteers to run the pantry. If you go down on a Tuesday at the pantry, you will see volunteers running around like bees in a hive. Donations and gifts to keep it going. People just showing up and offering to help with their time or maybe a walk-in freezer, a forklift, a furnace. You never know who's going to come through the door with a gift of money or donations of other types. Whatever was needed at Kingdom Come, the Spirit, I believe, has seen that it gets satisfied. That's working right here in our own community. Other people over the years have shared how the Spirit has worked in their life as well. For example... We had a pastor's wife in the 1980s who told us of the time when her husband-to-be, Bill Shepard, had asked her to marry him. And that while she was considering her answer, everywhere she looked, she saw shepherds. On billboards, in magazines and books, in articles and stories, people talking about her. Who would see a shepherd otherwise in Wisconsin? But she did. Well, you know what she did. She married Bill Shepard. I remember, too, hearing a person share his story of how he felt God had helped him deal with his alcoholism. As this man talked of how he felt, I, too, felt his pain and his relief when it came. To me, that was the spirit working in that person's life and in mine as well. It's the reason why I always appreciate hearing about another person's faith journey. I feel the spirit bridges the gap between us so that I, too, can experience some of what that person has gone through. It's one of the reasons that I found the lay witness mission program in the Methodist Church to be so powerful. The program is entirely lay-led and consists of about two dozen laypersons invited to a church for a weekend, Friday evening through Sunday noon. And at each get-together with the church members, a couple visitors share their testimony, their witness, of how God has been working in their lives. It happens at potlucks, small morning coffees, Saturday evening hymn sings, and Sunday worship. Many times during those experiences, we've heard church members say they had never heard anyone speak about such things, but they were so glad that they had experienced it. To me, that's the the spirit moving again in those sharing the witness and those hearing it as well. At one point, this sharing of how God is working our lives became a part of our worship service at the Falls Methodist Church. There was a certain time in our service where we would speak up and share joys and concerns. But then we added also, share, where have you seen God in the past week? Well, many saw God in nature, sunsets, sunrises, babies, animal, and human, and so forth. But people also shared God's working in their own daily lives, and it was an inspiration to all of us. To me, the awareness that God is part of our lives means that the Spirit is present and working in all of us. For that was what Christ did promise, that he and his Father would come and dwell within us, and that the Spirit would be a presence for all of us. My favorite Bible verse is from 1 Corinthians twelve seven: To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Paul in that letter goes on to say that this is shown by the fact that some are teachers, some are speakers, some are healers, but it's all for the uplifting of everyone. I take that to mean even today that we are each given gifts and skills and talents. We are to identify them and then use them, not hide them under a bushel basket. And if we do this, we all rise. But you may ask, how does one truly know when the Spirit is present, and how do we experience that? For me, that answer has come in several forms. The first is in attendance at retreats and those special times when we come together with others and focus on what God is saying to us. For me, that has been at five-day academies for spiritual formation, sponsored by the Upper Room all over the United States. They explain it as being a process where you are shaped by the Holy Spirit into the likeness of Christ. Second is participation in small groups where the focus is helping everyone begin to understand why are they here in this life and what are they to do with the life that they have filled with gifts and talents. Often groups such as these have hard questions for their members to answer but then it makes them think seriously who they are and what should they be doing. Are they content with just going to church on Sunday morning, or is there another will of God in their lives? Sometimes the Bible is used to focus on our lives, how our lives intertwine with Scripture. Such groups provide support and accountability in our spiritual journeys. Third. Help is available to guide us in understanding where the Spirit is leading us by using the talents of a spiritual guide or director. Such a person is specially trained to help others understand the presence of God, the Spirit, in their lives. One meets with such a guide regularly. I met once a month with mine to talk about what was going on in one's life and noting where God was present. Now, the guide does not tell you what to do, but instead they ask very sometimes difficult questions, and your answer is to help you understand where the Spirit is leading you. Spiritual directors work with people from all denominations, though most directors are of the Catholic faith. My spiritual director was a former nun. The point I'm trying to make in these three areas of spirit guidance is that we generally need others to help us grow as we understand how to be open to the guidance of the Spirit. It's very difficult, if not downright impossible, to grow with the Spirit on your own. With others, they can support you, and they can ask for accountability. That is necessary, and that is what is needed. If you feel there should be more to your spiritual journey, consider how you might make that happen. There are many possibilities. If you know where to look and how to do so, just Google spirit formation, and you will find a lot of possibilities. And remember, before Jesus left, he promised to send the spirit, a helper, one whose presence should remind us of Christ and of our God. Every person has that promise and that spirit within. I encourage you to make that contact now. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, come to us with hearts open to you this morning. Guide us each on how to be more aware of your moving within us, so that we may truly be manifestations of your Christ-like intentions. In all the names of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Advisor, the Advocate, the Counselor. This we pray. Amen.